broadcasting worldwide on internet radio. Refreshing takes on legal strategies. Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions. Independent ideas on building wealth. It's the Refresher Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. Now, here's Mark and Matt. All right. Welcome, everybody. Mark Kohler here with my fearless co-host, Matt Sorensen. Welcome you to another episode of Refresh Your Wealth. We want to thank you for look, looking at a podcast, checking out a podcast, listening to a podcast. I'll get it right one of these times. Uh, <laughs> that has to deal with tax and legal topics. I know this can sound really, really boring, but it's not. We keep it live. We keep it real. We're here every week with a tax and legal topic that's going to better help you save taxes protect your assets, and live the American dream. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to our weekly free newsletter, please do get to refreshyourwealth.com where we have little tax deadlines, tips, blog articles, YouTube videos, announcements. Uh, we want to be your tax and legal resource and make sure we're saving you money. So we've got another great topic this week. Yeah, yeah, we got another great topic. And of course, today's show is brought to you by the Self-Directed IRA Summit, the best one-day event to learn about Self-Directed IRA and solo 401ks. There are special speakers. Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen are going to be there. This is Saturday, April 22nd. Um, it's an event Mark and I speak at. I've been, this is my second year doing it. It's going to be in Southern California at the Hotel Irvine. Uh, go to sdirasummit.com to learn more. But uh, I just want to get that little plug out there as uh, we're starting no, the show today. I mean... Why not? Oh, shameless plug. You know. Shameless plug. And and it, it, <laughs> I, it's really, if you want to learn about self-directed IRAs, solo 401ks, there is no other place to be than to that summit. I just, there's nothing even close that compares to the level of um, content we have at that, that event. That's Plus right. And yeah, yeah. And if you're on our newsletter, you'll get a little uh, email this coming week with uh, the procedure to get the link for the uh, live broadcast. And to participate from your couch at home. And listen, March Madness is over. There's no college football. Yeah. I mean, and if you're watching baseball, you don't deserve to watch this anyway. So, uh, you know, <laughs> this is it. This is where it's at. Yeah. What I kind mean, of American are you? Yeah. Watch this baseball anymore. Is it really the American sport? I don't think it is. Nah. It's, I mean, it's... Stanley Cup playoffs are going right now. So that's that's something. Sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> Hockey. What is that? Hockey. Oh, hockey. Okay. Anyway, well, well, we've got an awesome topic for you today, guys. This is this is the power of the S corp. Power of the S corp. Don't be misled, Matt. These are. Or do we not just love the S corp? We love the S corp. I have an S corp. It's called Matthew N. Sorensen PC. We mean professional corporation. It's such a great name. But I yeah. love my S corp for primarily because it saves me taxes. And yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, no, I've got to, no, I, I don't know if Matt has a list, but if he said, I have an escort and uh, <laughs> it saves me taxes, I don't think he said escort. That would be highly inappropriate. And I will verify for his wife, Catherine, on the show live that Matt does not have an escort, but he has an S corporation. So people make sure you add the R and the P on that because you do not want to get in trouble when you brag about your S corp. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that side of my life is private. 
Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and we're going to go through what, you know, I think this is a hard topic because not because it's complicated, but because there's so much misinformation about what you should or shouldn't do. Mm. And yeah. we actually think it's pretty simple. And we're just going to put it right down the lane for you on what we think, why you should have the S-Corp and what you should ignore all the other people talking in your ear telling you the wrong information. So at least that's that's what I want to try and accomplish by the end of today's show. Um, but as a proud owner of a S-Corporation, <laughs> I uh, – I, uh, and, and obviously we're consulting thousands of clients about them uh, through the years. So – uh, I think we have uh, some good insights on uh, how to use it and benefit it. And, and Mark's got chapters in his book on the S corporation and just specific tax strategies within the S corporation itself. So, uh, yeah. so check out those resources too, if you're wanting to uh, learn even more on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, thank you, Matt, for that little plug for the tax and legal playbook, a whole chapter dedicated to S corporations. Got to check that out folks. Okay. Well now for those that are new listeners, uh, you might enjoy this. We, we try to always throw out a couple tidbits of tax and legal info that might change your life otherwise. So this is why a lot of listeners catch our show. Even if they're not excited about the main topic of the day, they know they're going to catch the first half of the show and get some tax and legal tips. So uh, you guys, regular listeners, you know what's coming next. Let's hit a legal tip. A legal tip that you can actually use. A legal tip where you don't feel like you have to take a shower after. All right. Well, I've got the legal tip, and uh, this is this is one that came from a client. It's a really basic legal concept, but it's uh, I think one a lot of people run into with family, friends, coworkers. And I had this client who actually has a small business, and. She ended up signing, co-signing a car loan for an employee. Okay, his employee couldn't get the loan. <laughs> wanted to buy this car. I see a, I see a car wreck coming right over. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and, oh my um, god! And they were friends. You know, they were friends before this person started working for him. And of course, the person ends up working somewhere else, gets a new job, and um, but then defaults on the car loan. And of course, then the collection agency and the bank starts coming after our client, the business owner, who, you know, was trying to do a good deed and help someone kind of get some credit established. This is a younger person, you know, working for him, trying to, you know, buy their own car. And um, one of the questions was, she was asking me, what what is joint and several liability? So, like, she was asking, how does this work? Because um, the bank's coming after me. I can pay them off. Luckily, it wasn't a very expensive car. And uh, I, I could pay them off, but then what recourse do I have? I mean, do I now have to chase down this person? Is the bank going to go after them for like half of it and I pay half? How does this work? And what's important to understand is if you're ever co-signing a loan, typically the bank is going to have a clause in there that says you are jointly and severally liable for the debt. What that means is the bank can collect on you 100%. And that means you're jointly liable for everything. And... So the, this client ended up being responsible for 100%. If she really wanted to get out from under this, she was going to have to pay 100%. And then it's going to be her obligation and job to chase down this old employee to try and collect on you know the, the money that the employee actually owed who still is probably driving the car. So um, just a quick tip on the co-signing of a loan or guaranteeing debt. You're typically going to be joint and severally liable. 
um, your butt's on the line. So only do that in very careful situations. Yeah. I don't know that I'd ever do it for a coworker or employee. That's just, that's, that, yeah. that's a little too much. Trust a recipe for disaster. Oh yeah. Recipe. Well, I will say this, the words joint and several, uh, are never a good term unless you're the lender. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then you, th- those two words are your best friends. Oh yeah. So exactly. <laughs> Otherwise they're your two worst friends. So exactly. And those of you loaning money, put those terms in your documents. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Note to self. There you go. That's right. Learn from the basics. Oh man. Great tip, Matt. Take it to the hoop. There you go. Yeah. Love it. Great Taking tip. It to the All right. Well, like let's hockey NHL playoffs, bro. Okay. Whatever. Gosh, hockey fans. That drive me crazy. It's like they just have to talk about hockey to justify the fact that they watch a sport only, you know, 0.02% of Americans, you know, watch. Anyway. Okay. Well, let's hit a tax tip. A tax tip you can actually understand and won't put you to sleep. A tax tip that could save you thousands. All right. Well, I've got a great tax tip, and this is kind of an economic tip as well because, folks, you cannot imagine as a tax lawyer, accountant, I get a phone call quite often, and it goes something like this. Mark, Mark, I'm down at the dealership. I'm looking at this great car. Should I lease or should I buy? And I'm like, oh, right there. It's just – so you you would think. You would think that there, you, we'd have just some equation here at our office where I could just plug in you know, the, the number, the car, and all of a sudden it would spit out and just tell you, is it a lease or buy uh, choice? You know how simple could – you would think it would be simple, but it's not. And here's the problem, folks. There's several variables. How much is the car or the residual value or the lease payment? How many miles do you think you're going to put on? Uh, and how long do you normally keep cars? Do you keep cars a long time? So this is, I wish there was an easy answer, but I want to, but I do want to make a couple suggestions here as part of my tax tip this week that I think could help you out. Um, the first tip in this, or I'm going to make several points because Matt, uh, Matt only allows me one tip. So these are sub points of my tip. Okay. (laughs) Can you live with that? Mark's tips turn into five tips. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I got I'm a lawyer. I got the gift of gab. Okay. So here's my sub point number one. Never let oh, sub point. Oh jeez. <laughs> sub part B it's, it's... to point one is okay. All right, go there ahead. it is. Here it go is. Ahead. Okay. Don't let the tax tail wag the dog. Right? We don't want to make a tax decision that's a bad economic decision. So folks, you may think, and it is true. Leases can be a great tax write-off because you can write off a large portion of the lease uh, based on your percentage of business use, which we love, and you're writing off fuel, repairs, and maintenance. And I'll tell you, if you have repairs and maintenance on a lease, you got a bad lease. But anyway, you got your lease payment, you got fuel, you're loving it. It's a great write-off, but it could be a bad economic decision. So don't let the tax tail wag the dog. Point number two. The reason why leases can be a bad choice is because you have mileage limits. If you go over the miles, you got to pay for that. So sub point part B. I've been there, man. Yeah, I've been yes, there. Be I just had to buy yeah. a car from a lease because the miles were a little atrocious. Oh, anyways, yeah. yeah. Anybody that's leased a car, you know the pain. Yeah. So uh, don't. If so, this is where I ask clients. I say when they give that, they make that phone call. I say, do you plan on putting on a lot of miles? And they go. 
Uh, no, it's it's just you know, I'm not gonna. It's just an extra car. I've always wanted this car. I can afford the lease payment. I could never afford to buy it. I'm like, okay. Well, if you're not gonna put on a lot of miles, then okay, that that could work. So let's go back. So let's go to subpart C question uh, point that I would make here is that I, I asked them, do you have a second vehicle for business or personal use? And they say, yes. And so I said, okay, because then the lease could make a lot of sense. Uh, they get a great write-off. It's going to be primarily for business. And where this really works in a, in kind of a narrative is if you are a professional and this is your vehicle where you take your, your clients out to schmooze them. This is your wine and dine car. And it, it's only, you only pull it out of the garage for those business excursions that are entirely business. And then you've got your jalopy that you can put the miles on for commuting and for work. And you got your truck for your construction and all that. But this is the nice car that's not for personal use. It's for business use. And you're not going to put a lot of miles on. And we're going to get a great tax write-off. That's when the lease makes sense. Uh, otherwise, we're going to start going down the path of buying and then doing actual or mileage. Uh, but the lease deduction, just be careful, folks. Um, don't get sucked into those flashy lease payments. They look cool. And you're like, man, I'd love that Range Rover. I mean, it's those commercials rock. But in that lease payment, are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh, i got to have a Range Rover. And then you jump in it and you start driving across the country and you're SOL. And I'm not talking statute of limitations. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now the lease payment, of course, because you're saying this like the, you know, the wine and dine nice car because those lease payments you're able to expense if it's 100% used for business, expense them 100%. I mean, let's let's draw out the tax versus what if I'm just tracking mileage? I mean, uh, so because that, that's what you're getting at on this tax issue is there's a lot more bang for your buck if you're leasing um, if the car is exclusively used for business or, or exactly. 9% or more for business. Exactly. Because uh, the, that's where the power and the write-off is because the mileage deduction – because remember, you're not going to put a lot of miles on. So yeah. so you're you're not going to – knock it out of the park with mileage. And if it's not primarily for business, your the percentage of deduction is going to be limited. So, you know, it is true. At least could be a luxury item. And if you're making that kind of money and you want to enjoy the ride, do it. But just don't let the tax tail wag the dog. Remember back to point mm -hmm. subpart A, just don't, you know, think you're going to get a great write off and make a dumb move. So yeah. there you go, Matt. There's my little tax tip for the day. Hey, but if that Mercedes helps you close some big deals, you know, I mean, it could it could work. It could really work because the Honda Accord I, just I, isn't going to get the job done. No one's buying doing some big business with you. If you're in a Honda Accord, I I, I could buy that. Is Catherine buying that sales pitch? <laughs> you're selling. Is I, she buying? Uh, actually, she'd rather I drive a, a Mercedes, and I'm the guy wanting the Honda Accords. So. <laughs> That's true. That's I true. I know how cheap Matt Sorensen is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's saved me a lot of money in my partnership, folks. I will uh, attest to that. Yeah, okay. Welcome. Well, are we ready for our topic of the day, Matt? Yeah, let's get into the power. The power of the S, the S corporation. I'm just going to call it the okay, S corporation what? from here on out. I don't want any confusion here. Yeah. And we can, we're going to tag team each other. And since I just went into my three subpart tip, I'll throw it at you first, Matt. You tell us, what do you like most about the S corporation? Maybe uh, tell us where, may, may I phrase that differently? 
when you're on a consultation, when should clients use the S-Corp? Let's put it in perspective first and tell yeah. people why they kick butt. Yeah. The S-Corporation is the best entity structure for any entrepreneur, small business client selling goods or services, bottom line. If you're buying rental properties or stuff Great. like that, you're thinking LLCs. But for the business owner, entrepreneur, you're selling a product or service, S-Corp is where you want to start first. Nine times out of 10, it's where you're going to end also. And the yeah. reason it's a really great entity is you're getting two benefits out of it. First, as with most entities, you're getting liability protection. Let's keep in mind, this is a corporation. This is a business entity. If something goes wrong in the business, a creditor is going to have to sue the business. They sue the S corporation, which is just a corporation for legal purposes. S is a tax classification. It's just a corporation at the state. But a creditor is going to have to sue the corporation. They can't get after you, the business owner. So it's a benefit from being a sole proprietor, where if you're just out there doing business as Matt Sorensen, then they can just sue me, Matt Sorensen, and they can get at Matt Sorensen's personal assets. But if I'm Matt Sorensen Inc. or Matt Sorensen Corp., they got to sue the company, and my personal assets are protected. So I'm getting that liability protection. And that's the first point. Now, of course, there's the tax benefit, and that is yeah. really the big benefit and why clients will like the S-Corporation over maybe other entity types that may also have asset protection like an LLC. There's some great tax benefits on the S-Corp for uh, business owners. Yeah, and, and let's put it in perspective. Uh, as Matt said, those sales of goods and services, let's give some la let's put out some labels there. Uh, the S-Corp is perfect for the realtor, the contractor, the attorney, the engineer, the CPA, the internet marketer, the MLM sales rep, the what else we got, Matt? Uh, uh, acupuncturist, the, the <laughs> dentist, the the restaurant, the tech company, the I don't care. I mean, manufacturer, import, export. Yeah, yeah. import or exporter. Yep. Yeah. Vandal Industries. That's Vandal Industries. I mean, <laughs> gosh, you you beat me to a Seinfeld quote today. Gosh, you know, folks, we have we have bets behind the scenes here of who can work in a certain word into the show or. Pull off a Seinfeld quote first, and you got Bandley Industries in there. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Matt. Okay, so so any of those folks with those labels, I will I will I bet you hands down, compared to a sole proprietorship or a C corporation, if you're making more than fifty thousand a year net, I could even go as low as forty thousand a year net, the S corporation's gonna save you taxes. Now here's why. If you're a sole proprietorship, you're paying self-employment tax on all your net. If you are an LLC, you're paying self-employment tax on all the net. If you're a C-Corp, you're paying corporate tax on all the net, or you're taking a huge salary, so you avoid the C-Corp tax. And don't get sucked into the fact that C-Corps might have better write-offs. I've got two chapters and, and two of my books that bust that myth. So just the beauty of the S-Corp is that ability to limit self-employment tax yeah and that's a that's a huge perk because self-employment tax is 15.3 percent so if you think of it this way every ten thousand dollars i can push out of salary into net income or profit coming out of the s corp i'm saving fifteen hundred bucks that's huge i mean a lot of clients i mean let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars net i mean for many of those clients they're saving ten thousand bucks just on this one strategy and that's a huge tax savings huge benefit um 
in doing this. And then we call this the salary dividend split or salary profit, net profit split. And most accounts are familiar with it. It, it. And I mean, Mark's been talking about it for years and, uh, and it is actually taking hold a lot more. Uh, I think the CPAs are finally getting off the C corporation, realizing it's a dinosaur and it finally started incorporating the S corp. And, and for this primary strategy, I mean, this is for most people, this is the one strategy that sells them immediately to say, wait, I'm keeping more money. Um, yeah. and that's, that's, a very, this is the number one reason the S corp is popular. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's start hitting some nuances here that many of you might in, in, uh, appreciate as well to add to the power of the S corporation. We need some sort of audio uh, enhancement there, but the power of the S corp <laughs> is the next with an LLC, you can have an LLC taxed as an S corporation. Remember, folks, LLCs do not save taxes. They are for asset protection. If someone's told you, set up an LLC, you'll save taxes, you're listening to the wrong bozo. So get an LLC taxed as an S-corp when you're in one of those labels or industries we talked about, and you get the same benefits. Now, an LLC for rentals is ideal, or an LLC taxed as an S-corporation for operations. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. I'll just throw out one more that I'd love is the S corporation sets the foundation for great business credit development. Uh, you're not going to buy a shelf corporation off the shelf. That's why I call them that and get yeah. automatic, uh, corporate credit. You're not, but you can build corporate credit with a tax ID number. And we've t- teach and talk about this all the time. We have several podcasts in our history. Check it out folks. But, uh, building corporate credits real, but you don't build it without a corporate entity. So a C, uh, sorry, an S corporation gets you out of the gate and uh, into the corporate credit world. Yeah. Now, one other thing I'm going to throw out here on the power of the S corp is, hey, if you've got a S corporation, particularly for those of you who are self-employed with no other employees, you can use a solo 401k. So I can have my S corporation being efficient from tax purposes, minimizing my self-employment tax. And then I can have whatever salary I'm taking be contributed into my solo 401k, do some matching. There's a lot of great tax planning going on there. I'm even further reducing my taxes. And I'm getting tax-favorable accounts set up that I can even self-direct or you know do it in a brokerage account, whatever you want to do. Um, but uh, adding in the S-corporation is a great place um, for those who are self-employed, have this ordinary income, and also want to start then contributing to a retirement account, bring in the the solo 401k. Oh, Matt. Oh my gosh. I love it. And leave it to Matt Sorensen to bring up a retirement strategy, of course, uh, in a conversation. You'll, he'll work one in every time. And I love yeah. it. In fact, I want to, yeah, I want to enhance what Matt said is that, uh, the old school dinosaur approach was that you use a sole proprietorship and use a SEP, a SEP, a self-employed pension. And that was the best way to get a write-off at the last minute. Well, mm-hmm. if with a little bit of forethought, you're going to set up a 401k before the end of the year, and now you, it, it, it's like hand and glove because the S corp is minimizing self-employment tax, and you've got a salary that you can defer a chunk of it into a 401k, and at the same time do a match based on the amount of salary. And there's a sweet spot, folks. We love to get on a convers- uh, on a phone call, a Skype, a, a whiteboard, uh, share a screen, whatever it is, and show the client that there's this 
law of diminishing returns where you can take this S corporation and just pay the right amount of self-employment tax with your salary and then get the right amount of 401k contribution and then trail it off. If you take too much salary, you're paying too much self-employment tax, it's not worth the, the match with the 401k. Mm -hmm. But if you hit that right spot, ugh. Yeah. E even at, think of this, 50,000 of income. Let's say you take a salary out of your S corporation of 50,000, okay? At 50,000 of income, in a solo 401k, you can put in 18,000 bucks plus 25% of 50,000. Another twelve thousand five hundred. That's a thirty thousand dollar contribution you can put into a solo four hundred one k on only fifty thousand of salary, and so you kept it tight. You kept it low for self employment tax, and maybe you made one hundred fifty grand that year total or something. Um, we got a killer ability to put in a lot of money into a four hundred one k, way more than you can do in an IRA and a SEP. So yeah, those two and, are and with the, and that's kind ah, of a sweet spot right there. Oh, I love it. And see, if you compared it to the SEP. You'd have to have a hundred thousand dollars of self-employment income just to put in twenty-five thousand. Yeah. So you're you're a, you'd be at a hundred and twenty thousand of salary, and your self-employment tax would be off the chart, and your four hundred one k gets you thirty k self-directable tax write-off. Boom. Mm -hmm. And we say whoop whoop. Love so, it. Love it. Okay. Next four hundred one k. Sorry. Next S corp benefit power of an S-Corp, check this out, folks, 15 times less chance of an audit compared to a sole proprietorship. I mean, that is, that's a 1,500% less chance of an audit because the IRS just, do, just does not deploy the number of IRS agents and revenue agents to audit S-Corporations as much as they do the sole proprietorship. I think I even have a quote here somewhere in one of my newsletters. Man, keep going. You're, yeah. you, you feel the love, right? That I mean, if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what else. Because who who likes dealing with the IRS? You know, I had a two hour phone call. I was on hold for two hours. I literally took a screenshot of my iPhone two hours <laughs> before someone picked up at the IRS. And this was just for me to clarify how much money I I needed to send them. You know, it was nuts. So um, even when yeah. you're right with the IRS, you know, you're you're still losing. So uh, I love that. That's a great benefit to using the S Corp. And, you know, you're still going to not, you're still going to comply with the rules. We're not saying, hey, you know, you can be shady now on your tax return. Um, absolutely not. We're saying you don't have to go through the hassle of proving that you've done everything right. So, because even, even that is, is, is quite a pain in the neck. Um, now, while you're looking that up, I want to throw out another uh, item on the power of the S Corp. And, you got something on this? You got the Oh, no. The I, I've got the, the S-Corp audit rate almost there. I've got this on the Kiplinger tax letter. I've almost got it. So, Matt, you, you, you do the next one here. Yeah, all right, you're all right. good. All right. We'll, we'll roll back to this to confirm the exact yeah. percent because we, we want you to know the exact percent. Um, all right. I want to talk about building your board of directors in an S-Corporation. Oh, that was on my list. I love it, Matt. Of course. You know, we're like two, two pieces of minds think alike. We are. Um, yin and yin. Right, now it's almost like we finished each other's sentences. sentences? Oh, <laughs> so cheesy. All right. Uh, um, well, one of the things you do when you set up a corporation that's a little unique from an LLC, just from a foundational standpoint. Now, you can use the same concept in an LLC, and, and we like to do that. But in an S corporation, one of the things you have is you have officers and you have directors. 
Now, your officers are like your president, secretary, treasurer. And if it's just you and your company, you can be all three or, you, you know, maybe you and a spouse or you and your partner or whatever it may be. You can mix up those titles. Um, and that's just, you know, who acts for the company and what, what roles do they have in, in acting for the company. The, the other group, though, that you appoint and when you set up, set up the S corporation is the board of directors. Now, shareholders, which are the owners of the S corp, appoint the board of directors. The board of directors appoint the officers. So as the owner of the business, as you're the shareholder, you get to choose who's on the board of directors. And you want to think strategically about this. Who do you want on the board of directors? We like to add on a spouse. That's always good if you have a spouse because we want them if you know, you're know you traveling for business purposes, they're with you. We want them involved. It helps you write off some of their expenses. Maybe getting some of your adult kids involved if you have them on the board of directors um, provides more ability to get them involved in the business and maybe cover some expenses. They're helping with things in the business or traveling to meetings that have to do with the business. Um, but also we want you to add in other people that have a unique perspective. Uh, think of people you know, other business people, maybe other people that have had experience in the industry you're in. Um, add those people to your board of directors. From a, just a business standpoint, legal and tax issues aside, that is a great role for someone to fill that would like to help you in your business is have them as a member of your board of directors. Now, they can't take over your company or anything. You know, don't, don't worry about that because you're going to be the shareholder. You still have control. You can remove them if they're not participating or you don't like them. So, but building a good board of directors is a great thing to do. If you don't do it when you set it up at first, you can always add to it later. Adopt this on a yearly basis. Look at it. Maybe change it up if you need to. Uh, but consider getting a robust board of directors in your company to get some good advice. Also include some of your family members if they're involved in your business, spouse or adult kids to uh, help with some tax write-offs for things they're involved in. No, I love it. And and having a formal board of directors is nice because we still recommend the board of advisors with an LLC. Uh, even just if you're getting started as a sole proprietorship, build a little mastermind group or brain trust or board of advisors. There's, you, anybody can do that. But with the corporation, that formality of a board of directors is just just so um, cool, you know, mm -hmm. which comes to one of my last tips here. I, I really don't have – I mean if we haven't already sold you on the S-Corp, then we <laughs> you know, we're idiots here. We've blown it. But um, I also like that an ink just looks legit. You know, just the INC is cool. And uh, folks, that sometimes it's good to just take your business to the next level. You know, what's oh. the difference between Mark Kohler Lemonade Stand and Mark Kohler Lemonade Stand, comma, ink? Man, that's right. I just, I just go to the latter. I mean, I just, that's well, I where I stop. I love your closing. This is the closing argument here. And Mark Kohler's gone with, it's just cool. It's just cool. <laughs> It's just cool. I mean, yeah, get the would you, yeah. you know, would you deal with Cramerica or do you want to deal with Cramerica Inc.? You know, I mean, uh, that's, that's right. That, you know, it's yeah. legit. There's some legitimacy to Cramerica Inc. See, Matt's bucking for a free lunch. He's got two Seinfeld quotes in one episode. That's, it's a record. No. <laughs> I think we've done better, but that's, uh, that's amazing. He's earned his free Score lunch. Award. Well, I, yeah, I, I just would say this in summary to final closing argument is if you've got a tax advisor or someone that claims to be a tax advisor and doesn't have credentials but thinks they're really smart and they're telling you consider a C-Corp or do an LLC and go online and click with the mouse, but folks, just get a second opinion from a professional. The S-Corporation can save you thousands. 
Uh, we've got uh, consultations set up, uh, opportunities with uh, uh, CPAs and attorneys here that are very affordable. We'll apply the consultation towards the setup of an S-Corp, and we'll set up an S-Corp in any state mm-hmm. for 800 bucks, and you get an hour or more with an attorney to walk you through the whole thing. Yeah, we know you can do it for half that on LegalZoom, but then you're going to call us anyway and ask us what to do next. So Right, yeah. Now, how the heck do I use this, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, get- um, well, I want – I. This is a great topic to talk about, and um, we do have more resources, particularly on Mark's website on S corporations to uh, to learn more. And I also wanted to remind everyone: please give us five star reviews on iTunes. It does help other people find the show. And also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, subscribe, subscribe to the show on iTunes. It will automatically feed in new um, shows onto your phone or however you access iTunes. And I just want to read a latest, our latest five-star review on iTunes. This came from DG Blossom. said, excellent podcast for real estate and business entrepreneurs of any level, five stars. I found this podcast back in January, and I am amazed at the amount of good information they provide. The open forum episode is great where you can send your questions and get answers for free. What a way to help people who are starting a small business who have so many questions. Mark, Matt, keep up the good work. You are helping so many people. Well, wow. DG Blossom, thank you for that. And send us an email if you haven't already. Let us know you gave us that five-star review. We'll send you a free copy of Mark's latest book, The Tax and Legal Playbook, or my book, The Self-Directed IRA Handbook. And uh, please get out there. If you do like the show, give us some love. Give us a five-star review. We appreciate it. And uh, I just want to give you all just a little shot in the arm of encouragement. And we'll leave it at this. I just want to let you know, it is not easy, oftentimes, dealing with the ups and downs of income when it comes to entrepreneurship, but uh, not having a glass, ce- a glass ceiling is worth it. Don't give up, people. Stick with it. We're here with you. We're entrepreneurs ourselves. We meet with so many entrepreneurs every day around the country that uh, and just uh, feel a little a little happier every morning when they wake up knowing they control their own destiny so don't give up it's tough but it's worth it if it was easy everybody would do it so well said keep listening folks all right we'll see you at the self-directed ira summit next week that's right saturday april 22nd sdrisummit.com be there thanks for listening to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your american dream don't forget to get your free copy of mark and matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com 